Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Build your business around you. Don't try to build yourself around your business. So cater it to fit your personality, not someone else's. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? My name is Joe Fairless. This is an episode of the best real estate investing advice ever show. I am pleased to say I'm with our best ever guest, Rachel Hernandez. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm glad to have you on the show. And the best ever listeners appreciate you taking time to speak with us right now. I know you know you're in San Antonio, and you were mentioning before we started talking or on the air that San Antonio's been hit with quite a flood, and FEMA's out there, and you've got some mobile homes affected. You are a mobile home investor, and, and others have other things going on uh, as a result of that natural disaster. So thank you for taking time to speak with us. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. No problem. Rachel is the author of Adventures in Mobile Homes, How I Got Started in Mobile Home Investing and How You Can Too. She's been investing in mobile homes since 2002, or she's been a real estate investor since 2002. She started out bird dogging and wholesaling, then switched to mobile homes. And non-real estate related, if you ask her what her hardest job interview was, she'll say it was Disneyland, where she had eight interviews before she got that job at Disneyland. With that being said, Rachel, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now in terms of mobile homes? Sure, no problem, no problem. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Joe. As far as real estate goes, I mean, I never thought I'd get into real estate investing. I mean, growing up, I was 
you know, grew up with a family of professionals. We moved every five to seven years, and I hated riding in the car with the real estate agent. No offense to anyone out there who are real estate agents, but as a kid, you don't want to be in a car looking at houses all day <laughs> uh, growing up. But uh, it didn't come, the real estate bug didn't come till actually later in life. Um, I have a background in business to business sales. I used to work for a Fortune 500 corporation and um, also marketing and public relations. I was in the entertainment industry for a while, um, including Disneyland, which Joe had mentioned was my hardest job interview. I went through eight of them, but that's another story for another day. But, you know, after college and after working for a while, I really wanted to, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur ever since I was a kid growing up. And I thought basically the way to become an entrepreneur and have your business is just what my parents told me and what everyone else grew up, including uh, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was to, you know, go to school, get a job, work for a few years, get your MBA, work for another few years, and then, you know, then you can have your business. And I thought that was the route for me, but then I read Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and everything went out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I learned about the concept of passive income. So that's why I got into real estate investing. So, you know, I made up a plan just to kind of, at the time, build up some cash. So I started out working as a bird dog and then eventually a wholesaler looking for deals for other investors. And um, my plan was to build up enough cash to start buying and holding properties for cash flow. So then I became a landlord. But, you know, like anyone out there who's become a landlord, I I was burnt out. And I found that I didn't have time to do anything. And I was always working. And at one point, I even hired property managers. But even then, I still had to manage the managers. So even though I received a stream of income from the rent payments, What I lacked was time, time to do things I wanted to do, not had to do. And then that's when I kind of understood the concept of financial freedom. So uh, after that, I decided to get out of single-family homes, get out of landlording, and I eventually stumbled upon the little world of mobile home investing. And that's where I kind of got into this. Um, it's, It's a really, really specialized niche. And it, it's kind of like a closed-off world. Only the, the people who are in it actually know about it. But it's kind of it's been neat, and it's been fun, and I've had my ups and downs, and I'm really liking it. But my my whole strategy is basically um, I, I I do free and clear real estate investing. So I buy the mobile homes for cash, and then you know I get the cash flow from there. So that's basically where I am right now. All right, let's talk about that because you, you mentioned you want you got out of single family homes and you and out of landlording and then you got into mobile homes in my mind maybe maybe uh, you can elaborate on this or I'm not thinking about it the right way but in my mind if you're buying something for cash if it's a mobile home or if it's a single family home you're still a landlord if you're renting it out so what's the difference between the what you were doing before and what you're doing now right well the main difference i guess the first difference is being free and clear real estate investing, there is actually no mortgage on the property. And uh, let me tell you, that's weight off of my shoulders. <laughs> the second uh, thing about it is um, 
it's not completely being a landlord because I give these people an opportunity to purchase the property. So I'm dealing with people who are more homeowner types. But the kicker is, Joe, and you probably know about this being in real estate, I actually buy and hold uh, mobile homes at the top of the pyramid versus the bottom of the pyramid, which I'm talking about neighborhoods. And it's kind of hard to do that starting out as a residential single-family investor trying to buy at the top of the pyramid than the bottom of the pyramid. And basically, I'm working with people who are more – you have different levels in terms of different communities, more of the higher-end communities in on the mobile home scale versus the lower-end ones. So that's basically kind of the differences there. So one is you don't have a mortgage, so you don't have to deal with the bank. Two is the you're dealing with with residents who are wanting to buy it. So basically, you're doing a lease option with them, correct? Pretty much. I mean, a lot of people, they want to have the option that they can eventually buy the property. But what I'm finding out through experience, people also want to have the flip side where, well, I want to have the option of I get sick or I have to move or whatnot that I can get out of this versus you're tied with the mortgage and that's it. You know what I mean? So people want the best of both worlds nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) And three is that you buy in particular, you say top of the pyramid, but you know, then you, you mentioned it's a neighborhood. So you buy in the best neighborhood or communities for mobile homes, correct? Yes. What I consider the best, I mean, I guess it's all subjective, but (laughs) pretty much. Okay, so let's dive into some of these things. So first, uh, no mortgage on the property. Some some real estate investors might say, well, I like having a mortgage on the property because there are tax benefits for the, the interest that I pay. And whenever I don't have a mortgage on a property and it's, it's free and clear, then there's no tax advantages. What are your thoughts on that? No, they're completely right. And I buy only the mobile homes. There's nothing attached to land. So it's not considered real property. Since it's only the home itself, it's considered personal property. And so the mobile homes are seen by the government to depreciate. So, yes, you don't get those benefits as if you were buying real property in terms of deducting interest if you had a mortgage or uh, the tax. I mean, you, you can still do the taxes, but the mortgage interest, which is a huge thing. So I completely agree with that statement. But then again, on the flip side, I don't have a mortgage. So, <laughs> you know, there's always a give and take, you know. Absolutely. When you are buying these properties, who are you buying them from and how are you finding them? Most times they're actually from homeowners, most of the time. And, but it's kind of funny because I've actually bought from investors who've actually got into the business and they wanted to get out for whatever reason it may be. And uh, most of the times the referrals come straight from the um, the community manager that are managing the parks because I buy in mobile home communities. Walk us through a deal and we'll get to your best ever deal later, but just can you walk us through just a, a standard deal that you've done for what the numbers look like just to give us a sense of the cash flow and cash out of pocket that type of thing? Sure, no problem. Well, typically, since I'm buying at the higher end of the the market, I, I pretty much 
put in more than your average mobile home deal. I don't know if you've heard of the really small deals, Joe, where you can pay for a mobile home for like under $5,000, you know, fix it up a little, you know, and get someone in there and then you may get, you know, 500 or $1,000 to move in and maybe 200 or 250 a month, something like that. Mine are pretty much double, so I'll spend between 10000 and about $15,000 for a home. And most times it's just cosmetic work that's needed. But the one thing that actually always needs repair has been the air conditioning, which is okay because I've already got an air conditioning contractor or a few that I work with, so it's not a big deal. So basically that's how much I'll put into it. And then it usually needs, you know, some cleaning and If they have taken care of the floors and just may need a carpet cleaning or whatnot, if I do put in new flooring, it's about $1,000 to $1,500 extra for the floor if I put carpet or laminate or whatever to make it nice. And then usually a good cleaning. And then I'll typically get a a family in there and they'll put about 10% down. Usually it's been between $1,500 and $2,000. And then to move in, and then the monthly payments have been a a little over $500 a month and um, over the course of 10 or 15 years. So that's basically how I uh, structure my deals. Oh, okay. So you're you're doing kind of longer term, 10 to 15 years, generally speaking, with tenants. Yeah. And like I said, it's an option. So it's, you know, I have it in the paperwork that if they want to get out of it, it's always an option. They're not kind of tied into it. And most people, they like that. Because these people are coming from, like, apartment communities where they're tired of, you know, throwing their money at rent. And I'm not saying there's anything bad with renting, because I've never been one of those kinds of people, Joe. I mean, everyone has their opinions on things, and I respect it. But a lot of these people, they've been renting for years, and they want to have that opportunity to buy a home, but at the same time, they don't want to be tied into it. You know what I mean? So This is going to sound like a ridiculous question, but I, I just thinking of it, you know, if they have, it's a mobile home. So what happens if one day they just pick up and take the home with them and leave you high and dry? What type of recourse do you have with that? You typically don't have that problem with homes that are in the ground, but with a mobile home, you know, what's the recourse? It's gone. I'm kidding. (laughs) Really, I've never had that issue. Most of these people, it costs a lot of money to actually move a home. And I had a really funny story where, you know, I was trying to get rid of a home and I don't know what to do with it. No one wanted to take it. I was giving away for free. I actually had to sell it to an investor he gave me a couple grand for it, but even when it was for free, no one wanted to take it. But in any case, most of these people, they're not going to go through that trouble because they don't even have the means of where are they going to relocate the home. Now, if they had a place to relocate it, then that may mean that they have more money. Then why would they come to me? They could just go to a mobile home dealership and buy something on land. So in, in in those cases, it could happen. It's possible, but it has <laughs> never happened to me before. So, <laughs> How much does it cost to move a mobile home? If it's a single wide mobile home, I mean, you've got, you've got someone to kind of take it out, down, break it, take the skirt and take it off blocks or whatnot. So that's a separate fee. And then the physical moving of the home, it could be a couple thousand dollars. 
But then someone's got to disconnect the air conditioning. Someone's got to disconnect, you know, the, all the electrical, the plumbing. You got to hire licensed contractors to do that, and then have a place to put it. So it could be a couple thousand dollars when all is said and done, and that's only a single wide mobile home. If you have a double wide, most times it's double the cost. Yeah, a mobile home doesn't sound very mobile. <laughs> Yeah, not the ones that you see today. The the older ones, that, you know, a lot of times that they can, but they don't make those anymore. <laughs> well, so we've we've got the the mobile homes that you mentioned. You know, we got the single wide, double wide, the the kind of the lease option approach where you put down where you ask them to put down a certain amount of money and you uh, ask them to pay monthly rents. What other costs for you are involved when you buy a mobile home? Because are are you buying the when you buy a home? Let's say you buy a home from someone. You you find you find an owner who wants to sell it. You say this makes sense. I'm going to pay fifteen thousand dollars for it. Once you buy it, what do you do? Do you have to go transport it somewhere? Do you just leave it where it is? I mean, how how does that work? Well, the great thing about, and now some people might think, Joe, that this is the negative about mobile homes, but you have so many options. I mean, when was the last time you heard someone moving a single family home? With the mobile home, you can leave it in its place. You can transport it somewhere else. You can put it on its own lot or land or, or whatnot, or you can leave it there. Most times I like to buy the homes already in the place where I'm going to purchase them, which is usually in the mobile home communities. But there have been times I've worked with sellers and um, they've been out in land. And what I do is in, in those kinds of cases is where I have to kind of coordinate, do the coordination in terms of moving it off the land to the location I'm going to be placing it in, which is the mobile home community. And that's where you obviously are factoring in your mobile home moving costs whenever you're making the offer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And are you factoring in generally about a couple thousand dollars for that? Pretty much. Most of the time that I've done it, this could vary depending on the area, but the mobile home communities themselves, they want to fill their lots. So they've actually paid for the moving costs for me. Ah, and then do you have to sign a commitment or a lease with them for a certain period of time? And if so, how long? <laughs> Good question. Actually, there have been there are some uh, communities that have wanted me to sign a lease with them, like one for five years or more, but it's not a community I'd move a mobile home into. Like I said, I deal with more of the higher-end communities, and those people, you know, they'll pay for whatever all day, but they want you to pay, you know, sign a lease. Most of the times I, I do sign something so that they have, you know, something, you know, so it's just business, but usually the lease is just for a year. So, but they know I'm going to put someone in there for if they, you know, if they stay in the same area for 10, 15 years or whatnot. So it, it it's, it's a little bit different because it's really a business based on trust and relationships, kind of the way business used to be, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Or should be. Well, yeah, I'd say should be because I, I certainly think it's it's that way now. It just depends on kind of the, the people you come across, right? Right. Sure. Exactly. When you are when you have a, a lease with a mobile home park, how much what are the costs involved for that lease on your end? Pretty much. 
since I'm doing, dealing with hiring communities, it's basically I'm just guaranteeing that the lot rent is going to be paid, and the lot rent is just kind of like the space rent where the home is occupying. So it's kind of like rent for the home, and the home is living in the space. And uh, typically, since I'm dealing with higher-end communities, the lot rent's uh, in the $500 and up range. Year or a month? A month. Okay. So I guess that goes back to um, kind of your typical deal where if it's ten to 15000 to buy it and you said monthly payments are about $500, then using that math, you'd be breaking even. But how does that work? Well, basically, no, they pay me, you know, my payments, but then they would actually cover the lot rent. So it would be, in that case, the $500 to me and then the $500 to the community to make it $1,000. And like like I said, we're competing with apartment complexes. And these people have dealt with, you're in real estate, Joe, you know, they call them apartment homes now. And they want an actual home, <laughs> but not live <laughs> in an apartment. So... <laughs> We're dealing with higher scale communities here. Interesting. Okay, so they're paying the actual lot rent, plus they're paying you the monthly rent for an option to purchase at a later date. Right. And if for some reason they don't pay the lot rent, then I cover it. And that's kind of the agreement that we have. Got it. All right. Well, I have a feeling your best advice ever is going to be centered around something called mobile home investing. So let's let's hear it. Rachel, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever is just be yourself. Don't try to build your business. Build your business around you. Don't try to build yourself around your business. So cater it to fit your personality, not someone else's. I told you, Joe, earlier that I grew up in a family of professionals. And so the types of neighborhoods that I grew up in is completely different than what we think of the stigma of mobile homes. If you've seen that movie, Eight Mile with Eminem. <laughs> so it would be wrong for me to try to, I don't want to use the word wrong, but it just wouldn't fit my personality if I tried to work in a lower end neighborhood, which I have. And actually in my book, Joe, it's in the section titled My $2,000 Nightmare where I talk about I had bought in a lower-end community just because I was looking at everything. As an investor, we tend to look at all only the numbers. But what I didn't figure was what the consequences would be. So I bought a home for a low price in a low-end neighborhood, but then the types of applicants that came through just didn't fit my criteria. So the crazy thing, Joe, is I actually tried to attract families from higher-end communities because I already had relationships with higher-end communities and by marketing lower-end homes in lower-end communities, and it was a disaster. These people were like, I don't want to live here. I don't want to live in this neighborhood. The price is great, but I'd rather pay more and live in a better neighborhood. So that's kind of what I'm saying. Just try to cater your business to your personality and not someone else's. Because as investors, we always hear people say, well, you know, just focus on the numbers, the returns. But no one ever talks about the subjective. That's all the objective. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it reminds me of whenever I was in advertising and I was had a full-time job at, you know, in in the quote-unquote real world. And I was always initially whenever I was looking for jobs, I was looking at what I would be doing and how much I would be paid. But what I learned after the first four or five years is the critical part of all of it is really what the culture is of the company and if that aligned with who I was because then I would be setting myself up for success because I'd really be enjoying the environment and then everything trickles down from there. I get paid more because I do a better job and the responsibilities that I have continue to grow because of the culture. Exactly. Exactly. I completely understand. (laughs) Rachel, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P A T C H O F L E N D.com forward slash best ever. Rachel, what's the best ever book you've read? The best ever book that I've read is The Little Engine That Could. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so I'm sure if you go to freebesteverbook.com, you can find the little engine that could through an audio version of on that site. So go ahead and check that out. Rachel, what's the best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? The best ever personal growth experience and what I learned from it was basically not going to business school. Actually, in college, I was in a pre-MBA program for a top-tiered business school, and after going through that program, they would prefer candidates to get ready for business school. I decided not to go, and here I am. Best ever success habit you practice? Do the important stuff and forget the rest. Really productive with my time, so in between uh, appointments, I always make it a point to do productive items if I have some time. I take notes in between appointments. I have an idea for a book or a blog post. I just don't waste time. I work on things that are productive and don't work on things that are not productive. What's the best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal that I've done is my first mobile home deal. And I'm not talking just because of the numbers, but because it was the most memorable. To make a long story short, I I do talk about it in my book, but I've bought a home from a nice family wanting to move to another area. It was a mobile home and they just didn't want to go through the process of having people go through their home and they just wanted a quick sale. I negotiated a price of $3,600 and then I found a couple of a family of for residents in a few weeks and they paid me $1,000 to move in and $250 per month for four and a half years. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Right now I'm just very excited about writing more real estate investing stories and sharing them with the world and just getting on podcasts like this and talking with people like you, Joe. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you're fulfilling that project goal then. Yes, I am. One thing off my list. <laughs> there you go. What's the best ever way you like to give back? The best ever way that I like to give back is just to kind of share my story with people who are interested in in it. And one of those things is getting on podcasts like this, whether it be my books, my blog posts, doing interviews with other bloggers. I'm always open to talking to other people about what I do. 
best ever quote? Success is a journey, not a destination. And what would you say is the biggest mistake? Perhaps it's a $2,000 mistake that we talked about earlier uh, or a nightmare that you've made in real estate. <laughs> well, besides that, it's been just relying on one person for the job. So whether it be someone in my network, like park managers, contractors, other companies I work with, there are times when you know people get busy or they have changes in their life and they just can't be available. Um, so just not to rely on one person and to kind of expand and grow and keep constantly adding people to my network so they can help me and I can help them in business in the future. And what would you say is the best ever place to reach you? The best ever place to reach me is my blog, Adventures in Mobile Homes, and you can find me at adventuresinmobilehomes.com. Rachel, what a wonderfully focused conversation we've had today on mobile home investing. Thank you so much for being on the show and talking about mobile homes, talking about your business model where you buy homes for 10 to 15K, you fix them up, you know, you might do the AC, carpet cleaning, flooring, or carpet, yeah, carpet cleaning, cleaning the whole place, and then maybe the flooring. Family puts 10% down, they make monthly payments at 500 bucks a month, and then they pay the lot fee plus that 500 bucks a month. They've got an option to purchase, and you just keep on repeating that process. And then talking about kind of the, the specifics of how much does it cost to move a mobile home? I had no clue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, co- it costs about $2,000 to move a single wide mobile home. I now have a, a trivia fact for the next dinner party that I attend. That's a question I'm going to ask everyone. And, you know, kind of your best advice ever where you cater, your, cater the business to your personality. I think that just run, that's, a, that's a piece of advice that runs deep. It's a piece of advice that if we all take that to heart, then we're going to be doing things that we enjoy the most. Our business is going to be kind of like a piece of clay that molds to us. And we're able to really, really set ourselves up and set everybody around us for success whenever the we cater our business to our personality. And, and really important, I think, is to surround ourselves with people who complement our personality because we're, we're good at some stuff, but we're not, nobody's good at a lot of everything. Some people are good at a lot of things, but nobody's good at everything. So it's important to surround ourselves with team members who complement our strengths so that we can cater the business to our personality, but then have team members who have strengths that complement us and and support us in ways that uh, we don't focus on as much. So what a wonderful conversation. Thank you again for being on the show. Everybody go check out adventuresinmobilehomes.com. Go read her book, Adventures in Mobile Homes, How I Got Started in Mobile Home Investing, and you can too. And best ever listeners, if you haven't already, you must subscribe to the show in iTunes. And if you're you're feeling friendly, then go ahead and give a review on it as well. That would be much appreciated. So thanks again, Rachel, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, everyone. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.